Hey guys, it's Billy Humphrey here. Corey Russell. This is Gripped, awakening the groan of a generation for revival and return to the Lord. Here we are, session three, and uh, the series that we've been doing this season is all on revival. Yeah. And uh, we're just talking about how every time we do one of these, <laughs> we go to this place, this deep place of intercession in our own souls that we, we believe that what God's marked us with, he wants to mark others yes, with. Yes, that's why we're doing this. And the thing about it is, man, this is like personal. This isn't yes. just us trying to do a ministry thing. This isn't just us like, oh, man, what's the, what's the new podcast? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they, there's a big joke. Millennials get together, and we're not millennials, but millennials get together, have a good conversation, and they want to start a podcast, you know. And, and that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is... We're actually digging into some of the treasures God's deposited in us in the last 20, 25 years. And we're just dealing with it yeah. a bit. We're sort of processing our, our pain in That's intercession right. in a certain way. But, uh, man, you know, just, you, you just said, like, man, this thing's emotional for us. And it is. It's emotional for me. I remember one time, man, you helped me so much because we we had a conference another time we were together and uh my expectation was so peaked because the lord had visited us so power remember the lord hit us at my yes, mom's house that yes. one time and alan hood was with us and we we're Jerusalem. just getting ex i mean just blown up alan literally preached an entire message with his eyes closed it was as if he was having a heavenly encounter he was part of the message he was actually facing the back wall turned around <laughs> I think that might be a good story to share, too. Yeah. We'll share that sometime. Anyway, else. but I remember I was so expectant. And you had to run out of town to do something. And you were out and then back or something. I don't remember how that went. But I was so expectant of God to just take us to an, a, a place of breakthrough and revival. And, and the meetings were good. Yeah. But it didn't touch that itch down deep inside of me yes and i remember i was i was nearly in a depression and and you we went out to dinner and you're joking with me and stuff but you helped me remember the reward is intimacy that's right the remote the reward is he loves you he likes you <laughs> and and that helped me recalibrate because so often we can think that the reward is the outpouring that's right or the anointing or the glory that's exactly right and the none of those things are the reward when we talk about revival we're talking about jesus that's who we want and what we're what's happening is as we're as we're unpacking these things we're touching something deep on the inside that is it's moving our emotions it's moving our spirit we feel the lord hitting us here yes. in the studio and and so we're just wanting to share that with you because we want to bring you in to what it looks like to be a person that that is groaning, that's contending for revival, for the return of the Lord. Jesus. We're going to take some sessions and tie those things together, how those things work together. But probably in this session, let's just take a little more time and define what we're even talking about. <laughs> because it, here we start talking, then we start prophesying and proclaiming. Yeah, yeah. And we're not giving, I think we can give more color yeah. to what, what we're actually saying. I, I think it's ultimately friendship with God. And I think it's bearing 
I mean, I think what we're touching is his pain and his longing. I, I, I think what's helped me frame revival, get it out of meetings, get it out of, yeah. I, I, I'm grateful for what God does in meetings. We build it, he meets, but there's something so much bigger than a meeting. It's, it's the deep, and I've, and I said this, I think in session one, but, um, it's God's longing to dwell on the earth. Yes. And I think intercessors that are going to get awakened to this groan is friends that uh, steward the gap and steward the the journey for years and decades and those moments where he gets close. Yeah. And it cuts you and it just wrecks you because it actually doesn't it, – it, 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 it answers it and it cuts you it, and yes. it deepens it at the same time. Yes. And he pulls back. And I think it's part of that because I believe – I believe we're in the generation of the Lord's return, yes. and, and I and I think it means even more. It's fine to talk about revival in any generation. I mean, heck, we look at any revival through history, but I think as we are getting closer to his coming, which it's one continual contraction leading to that reality. Yeah. You know, I, I just going back to even what you're saying and about the friendship, what is it? I mean, this is my definition for revival— it's it's seasons you know peter says in acts 319 times times are refreshing that come from the presence of the there Lord. are divine seasons where god openly manifest the rule and the reign of his son yes by the outpouring of the holy spirit and the release of apostolic preaching yes i want to say that again and this is one of my working definitions for revival it's those divine seasons you know, usually three and a half years, you know, whatever. It's odd, isn't it? Yeah. Historically, you see that. Yeah, it's like a three, three and a half year bang. And you know what? I mean, I, I believe it's going to get quicker and they're going to just overlap as we get closer to his return. But uh, it's those divine seasons when the Father openly. Now, right now, Jesus is installed yes. at the right hand of the Father yes. in heaven. That's evident. That's over all the nations. But for the most of the normal time in history, that's not openly seen. That's not openly made manifest. It is one by one, one-on-one -on -one evangelism, works of justice, those breakthroughs of God. Mm -hmm. Those things are awesome, and that, uh, that affirms and points to the ascension and the, uh, in the enthronement of Jesus at heaven. Yeah. But revival is when the Father gives a season to make it known to everybody that Jesus is exalted at the right hand. And he does that by the release of deep conviction of sins, yes. the outpouring of the Spirit, the fear of the Lord, and a season to where it's, it, you know, in, uh, when Jesus sent the 70, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Yes. That was a season of revival yes. when Satan's authority is loosed over a region. Mm -hmm. And to where the word of God goes forth unparalleled, it's the season of trampling, yes. and the seasons where the uh, the push of God goes forth. Yes. That's what we're cut with, is for the seasons to get closer and closer and closer until it's ultimate. Here's another working definition: it's a snapshot of a coming day when Jesus is on the earth, mm. and when the two become one. Yes. And revival is enough to cut you, put salt on the deep wound, and awaken that longing within you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just... I, no, it's good. I, I, and I think that Acts 3.19 is critical. That times of refreshing, it's one of my favorite, 
it's probably to me the clearest revival passage yes, yes. in the New Testament, yes. right? And so G, uh, Peter is speaking about appointed times. That that word times yes. comes from the Greek word kairos, which literally it's, it's the appointed times. And if you think of it this way, it's like God has a calendar. Yes. And he has identified these times, these moments in history yes. where he says, I am going to, I'm going to change the normal order yes. by, like you said, opening the veil, pulling back the curtain, and releasing a manifestation of my kingdom yes. in, in an outward and overt way yes. so that all flesh recognizes yes. heaven is now on display. That's right. You know, the, the king is now on display. Yes. It's always, I love the term portent. It's, it's a, a foretelling, a foreshadowing yes. of the day of his full reign, the fullness of his reign. Yes. It's a portent of his 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 P O R T E N T. Yeah, I love that. I love, I love that word. And that's kind of a foreshadowing. Yeah, it's a, like a prophetic sign. So when we see the power released through the bride, it's speaking of the day when Jesus Christ rule and reigns the earth. And what Habakkuk called the day when the glory of the Lord will cover the earth. The knowledge of the glory will cover the earth like water covers the sea. So we get these moments of the covering of his glory and the manifestation of that on the earth, which what you said, it's it's hallmarked by deep conviction of sin. Yes. Don't tell me revival is happening if people are in compromise Absolutely still, not. if they're lying, they're cheating, they're mistreating one another. They've got nasty attitudes full of arrogance. They've got, you know, pornography on the side. Don't, don't tell me it's revival. Absolutely. Because not. the fire falls and it's, it's like Acts chapter five, where we see glory on the new Testament church and they can't even lie. Absolutely not. In the zone of glory. Yes. Because as the glory gets ratcheted up, sin gets judged at a higher measure. That's exactly. Because God's getting closer. Yes. And so sin in your own heart gets judged. Yes. Conviction gets more intense. And you see people who they were fine before, quote unquote, but when God comes down in revival, all of a sudden they are confessing sin, yes. hidden issues. I remember when we had the awakening that hit the House of Prayer in Kansas City and Atlanta in 2010. We had more sin confessed in that first month than I'd had in the previous year. Oh my goodness, that's it. Because when God came down in that way, people, they either had to run. Yes. Or if they were going to stay in, the sin had to go out. That's right. So that deep conviction of sin. And, and it caused uh, the church to come back to the Lord. So backsliders to front slide and it calls those who are unsaved to have an awareness of God. Yes. The conviction of the the lost. And so we have the the church getting right with God and then you have the the world getting born again. Yes. And in revival that the word is as times of refreshing from Acts 19. Th this word refreshing, I love this word Anapsuxis. It's a Greek term. Ooh. I just like saying it. <laughs> Anapsuxis. It means a recovery of breath. My goodness. Something that was once alive that has now gone dead or dormant and My the winds of God come Ooh. back into it. And so revival is what happens to the church. It comes, it gets breath back in it. 
an awakening yes. is what happens to the lost because they're dead and they come alive. Yes. And these seasons, so he's told us there are times, appointed times of the recovery of breath unto the coming of the Lord. That's what I love about Peter. He connects, he goes, repent, be baptized, times of refreshing, so that he may send Jesus. So that he may send Jesus. And he connects revival. Don't he, break it. Yeah, sorry. He connects <laughs> revival and those seasons that leads to the coming of Jesus. Yes, yes. I think about John 16, 8, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. He goes, and when he has come, Holy Spirit, he will convict the yes. world of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. Those three realities of sin, because he goes, of sin, because they don't believe in me. Two, righteousness, because I've gone to the Father. And three, because the ruler of this world is judged. Those three realms get highlighted in seasons of revival. Yes, because uh, that's the Holy Spirit's ministry in the earth right now, right? Yes. Convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But in a season of visitation, a season of revival, it's ratcheted up about a hundred times. Yes, I mean, exactly. many times. Exactly. So, so here's something I want to talk about. Because I hear this often, and it's one of the things that, I, I mean, I, I take a little issue with it. I, I, I've got dear, dear friends that use this kind of terminology, but they, they use this kind of language, but uh, I think it's incomplete. They might say, like, well, you are revival. Yeah. You're revival right now. And, and then they might point to, they might point to a series of good meetings where there were words of knowledge or people got healed. Yes. And some people got saved. And they say, it's a revival happening. Yes. And the, the challenge that I have with it, and you know, you, you share yes. anything you think, but the challenge that I have with it is it takes this concept of the recovery of breath and awakening in the earth, and it diminishes it yes. to 25 people who just got saved yes. and four words of knowledge that happened. And am I against 25 people getting saved Absolutely and four words of knowledge? Not. No. I think that's normal Christianity. Yes. And so what I tend to think is we've lowered the bar so far yes. on what Christianity is supposed to look like that as soon as we get it back to normal, we call it revival. We call normal revival. That's exactly right. And it and when I when I see that, I, I it's, it's hard because I celebrate for the twenty five souls and the forwards and knowledge and the healings, like the real things that happened. And at the same time, I go, guys, no, no, th there's so much more than that. There's so much more than, a, than you know, a couple dozen people getting born again. Yes. There is an onslaught of Holy Spirit that will bring yes. an entire region under the authority and the glory of the kingdom of God. And so the thing that we've prayed for in Atlanta for, for years now is a 50-mile zone yes. of kingdom influence. Yes. A 50-mile zone of glory, a demon-free reality yes. that is in every store, every bank, every school, every church, every entertainment outlet where fire has fallen. If it can fall in a room, it can fall on a city. Amen. If it can fall on a heart, it can fall on a an entire region. Yes. And so, I mean, God's not bound. Like, what's 12 feet or 1,200 miles to God? Nothing. It's nothing. nothing. And so he can he can bring an entire region under the glory. Yes. And and that's what we see in historical novels. But so for me, when we diminish the definition of revival to really just 
positive kingdom progress, I think we confuse people. Yes. I think we, 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 we call uh, a little spark a bonfire. You know, and, and that to me it amounts to hype. Honestly, it just amounts to hype. Yes. Because when we see what happened in Acts two, when we see what happened in Acts nineteen, yes. When we see what happened in Acts uh, eleven through thirteen in Antioch, yes. When we see these explosions of the glory of God on the earth, Acts five, and we call a handful of people getting born again in a few healings revival, we have we've actually taken the biblical record and said. Uh, we've just diminished what, what it really is and, and said the biblical record doesn't even, doesn't even matter. And, and we've done violence to what the truth of what the Bible actually promises us. Yeah, we've dumbed it down. We've, we've exactly what you just said. It, we've been so far from normal Christianity. Anytime we see a resurgence of anything, we'll call that revival. And, it, and it's right that we hold these biblical realities. Yes. Acts 19, I mean, like you see, you just brought up Ephesus. Paul, through his ministry in Ephesus for two years, it completely bankrupted. It destroyed the <laughs> Queen Diana worship industry. It, it, it would be the equivalent of power of God hitting Vegas and all the casino owners shutting down all the casinos. Yes. Do you understand the billion-dollar impact of the gospel in a city like that. That's what happened in Ephesus. The whole city was enraged over him, uh, against him because he was preaching Christ and the power of God. They were bringing all their witchcraft books to the middle of the square and burning them. Uh, handkerchiefs were healing people. My favorite word and one of the most important words for revival is that the word of the Lord prevailed. Prevailed. Prevailed in Ephesus. What does it look like when the word of God prevails over every other mountain and every other sphere, in homes, in schools, in businesses, in highways, and get where the word of the Lord is toppling down every ideology, every other worship industry, and that the name of Jesus is being exalted, is being raised high, and that he is the famous one in the city. That's what, and it's city, it's regional. Yes. It's not, I had a meeting in a back room yes. and we're going to call it revival. And it matters because- Or a one-time event. Yes. Or a one-time event. And, and and I think it dumbs it down because then it waters down, uh, it waters down expectation. Yes. You get complacent. It steals prayer. It steals uh, expectation. There's not one revivalist throughout history and, and even with this, that I am revival, we don't need to pray for... Brother, you're in it. You don't need to pray for anything. You, you're in revival. Then show me your Ephesus. Exactly. Exactly. Where's exactly. the transformed city? Exactly. That's that's the thing. And I appreciate it I, because the the guys that... And these are friends, so just be careful. Yeah, man, I we got really glad hearts. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean... But but here's the point. They're emphasizing a an eternal truth of the the seed of Holy Spirit on the inside of us. They yes. emphasize this idea yes. that God's dwelling inside yes. and that what we have at our disposal through the indwelling Holy Spirit is far more than what any of us are really even tapping into. And that's what they're trying to raise a vision for. Is Which I care about. I wrote Glory Within I around know, that very un reality. Unto that same point, right? So you have a whole book. Yes. That describes this truth. Yes. Inside is Holy Spirit. And we connect to Holy Spirit primarily through praying in tongues and yes. meditating the word. And that then transforms not just, you know, 
our, our, our mind, our emotions. It awakens us to who we are. It, it awakens us to a whole, a whole realm of possibilities that we can walk in in this earth. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and that's what that, we, I'm revival now. I'm yes. that. That's what they're touching. But here's what I, here, here's what I want to say. I don't have to throw that baby out. Absolutely not. I, I can I can seize the truth of the indwelling Holy Spirit while I'm reaching for a glory invasion on the planet. Yes. And both those together is what the church and revival should look like. This is what our, our good friend Alan Hood talks about just so brilliantly where he talks about open heavens. You know, Jesus got the open heaven before he before at his baptism. Father opened heaven. This is my beloved son. I would say that is the new birth, open heaven, day one of salvation, what we've been given access to. Yes. You have the third person of the Trinity dwelling in your spirit. Yes. You have the name. You have the rights of the kingdom. You yes. can move in kingdom authority. Authority, authority power, all the stuff of the is instantly. That's an individual open heaven that you walk in. But there's another reality that we have got to bring up. We can't lose that. We got to uphold that and awaken the church just to get back to normalcy. Yes, yes. Just to get back to normalcy. Yes. And then our individual open heavens are contending for a corporate open heaven. Yes. Because it's one thing for me to have an open heaven over me. It's another thing for my neighbors to have it over them. Absolutely. My unsaved neighbors. For my unsaved city, my unsaved business or school or, or region to come underneath the manifest presence of God. And that's what we contend for. We rest in in the security of a believer. I rest in that. I don't yes. contend for that. Yes. I am. I'm not going to pray. I am. I've been born into it. But what are we contending for? We're contending for that open heaven, that regional open heaven, because we also see, do you know what? Lord. Jesus received this, and I'm just going to steal Alan's teaching on it. He does stuff. You find it. It's brilliant. But he, he, Jesus gets the open heaven, beloved son. But what does Jesus do with his open heaven? Goes to the wilderness mm. for 40 days and enters into fasting. Mm. And it says in Luke 4 that he went in filled with the Spirit, but he returned in the power of the Spirit. And now there's an open heaven over Galilee. Yes. Now there's power there's a revival hitting a region. And there's a difference. Jesus got that, and then he contended for that. And that is what I believe we've got to bring. We need, we need understanding. We need theological understanding. John yes. 151, you shall see the heavens opened. Yes. And that's the ultimate day where Jacob's ladder, Jesus on the earth, and the angels ascending and descending. And, and so, whatever, we're getting into all of this, but... Friend, we want to value, we got to, one, raise the water level for what we've been absolutely, given. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this, in this point that you're making about Jesus in, uh, with, with the open heaven going into the wilderness and fasting and prayer, I, I want to I dial in on this thought. Because in the new birth, you said it, I've already received it, I'm a son. Yes. And the very first thing the enemy attacks, if you are the son of God. You know, we always think it's this hungry thing, stoned yeah, to yeah. bread. It, yes, hungry thing. I mean, everybody's fasted, knows you get hungry. 
But the point that the enemy is hitting is his yes. sonship, yes. which is what Paul goes after in Galatians. In chapter 4, he says, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir that's of right. God that's in right. Christ Jesus. That's and right. that's why he's put the spirit of his son in your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. The, the reality of the new birth is grander than any of us oh are even believing right now. But the new birth inside believers is not an awakening yes. that covers a 50-mile radius. Right. That's right. It is not a cracked open heaven. It is not Isaiah 64 that you'd rend, rip open the heavens, and come down. And as fire easily burns brushwood, fire causes water to boil, that you'd make your name known. So, so we don't... We don't in any way say no to one reality because we want to emphasize it over another. No, we say yes to the incredible truth of the indwelling spirit while we are saying yes to a global outpouring or a regional outpouring that's going to be a global outpouring before this thing is all said and done. That transforms a society, and that is what we want you to get a vision for. We want you to see what would it look like if... That truth of the indwelling glory filled the city that you're in. What if it filled the school that you go to? What if it fell on your college campus and all of a sudden they look across your campus and they say 100, or, uh, uh, 150 people were slain under the glory of God today. A thousand were, were taken down under a, a force that no one could see because f something has happened from that prayer meeting that these young people have been doing. Those visions of what that can be, that needs to be your vision for revival. And that needs to be what you tap into. Don't, don't, just, don't just get this small thing. When, when I look at Ephesians 2, Paul says this at verse 22. It says, you are being built together as a dwelling place <laughs> oh God. for God in, in the, the Spirit. spirit. A tabernacle for glory is what is your temple being built together for glory to invade. It's one of the clearest pictures of glory indwelling the people of God. So you have it in the individual, you have it in the gathering, and you have the ripped open heaven in the region. Get a vision that's biblical. And I want to mention this because you brought up Ephesus. <laughs> You just can't, I don't know if you can see, he's just weeping. But oh. this, this cuts us so deep because this isn't fake for us. We're not putting on a show. This is what we've given our lives to. And there's something that God wants to put into you and release in a generation. And that's why we're doing this. But in Ephesians 19, I mean, Acts 19, the, book, the church of Ephesus, when he rips it open over Ephesus, and the tumult fills the city and they burn all their books. The other thing that no one wants to talk about huh. is that when revival breaks in and the principality is cracked, the next thing the principality can do, because he can't control That's the right. region That's anymore, so all he can think, all that demon that just got dethroned, all it can think to do is, I gotta kill, I gotta stop this revival. That's exactly right. I have to stem the tide of revival by how? Martyrdom. That's right. Here's the deal. If you want the real thing, it doesn't end up with you get to increase and be awesome. <laughs> John the Baptist said 
He, Jesus, must increase. I must decrease. And if we start believing that as revival comes, as Jesus increases, well, you know what? I get to increase too. Yeah. We are fooling ourselves. It's not the biblical precedent. It's not what we see in Acts 2. It's not what we see in Acts 19. It's not what we see with John the Baptist. And I would just tell you, revival, when it breaks, it breaks into a region, a principality gets dethroned. And the only thing that that principality wants to do is stem the tide. And the way he does that is he persecutes the saints. Yeah. I mean, you see it happen in Acts 19. That whole, I mean, it's, it's Demetrius. The uh, the copper the the, the maker of yeah the, yeah yeah the copper smith he guy. would create the guy these made the idols, idols for Diana the the ancient whatever and uh, demon yeah the ancient demon and he so this dude made it and so with Paul bringing the gospel <sighs> it's bankrupting the idol industry <laughs> and so this dude's getting mad Alexander what's his name Alexander or Demetrius or whatever his name is he gets Alexander the coppersmith that's right, right. he gets mad. And so he stirs up the whole city saying, we've got to kill this guy. That's what happens. The principality gets cracked, and now it's on the earth, and it's manifesting through people who are enraged, who are insane, who are filled with this hatred to saying, we've got to kill him. Yes. That, they scream for two hours. I, I Think about that. Scream, <laughs> great is the Diane of Artemis, or whatever, the Diane of Ephesus, for two hours sure. at the top of their lungs. And that's the rage that hits. And that, but that, and, and I want to just, just a couple more things. Revelation 12. Yeah. No, we need to unpack that. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is going to happen on a global scale. At friend. the end of the age. At this the end of the going. age. Revelation 12. Satan is going to lose his authority. I believe there's going to be the apostolic preaching, the, the power of God, the great outpouring of the spirit. Daniel's on the earth in prayer and fasting. And we're going to see Satan losing his authority in the second heavens. A Daniel company. Yes, a Daniel company. Yeah, a Daniel whole. Which and we just throw that together. We didn't mean though. What it means is Daniel ten. Yes. Well, you know what? Well, we're gonna hit this. We on just got to impact. Yeah, this yeah. Next, we got to go down another session. one. We're at the end of this one, guys. We're, we're gonna bring this one to an end. But but guys, this is where we want to start going. And we want to look at this theologically, biblically, historically, yes. and we want to apply it today. And we want to just see that groan get awakened on the inside of you. Let's pray for revelation. Let's pray for revelation and vision of what real revival and awakening can look like. Yes. Lord, in the name of Jesus, just put your hand on your heart. Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus, mark every single person with a biblical vision of revival. God, we would never in any way diminish the reality of the indwelling spirit. But we know that the indwelling spirit <clears throat> is just a down payment of the glory that we will receive when the Lord is re revealed. There is something you want to release in this age where you rip open the heavens and you, you manifest your kingdom in power across regions that's far greater than just one individual new birth. We don't pit them against one another. We thank you for both of them. But God, I pray, lift our vision higher that we could get a vision that accords with what you've promised. Times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. Touch and mark every heart I ask, Lord. I give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bless you.